Link exchanges. This link building tactic is more of a stigma than meeting your partner on Tinder. And in today's episode, Mark and I will talk about why you might be a bit overzealous over link exchanges and why they can have value and can help your site rank better while building healthy relationships with other sites in your industry. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Welcome back, everyone. Of course, today I'm with Mark. Mark, what have you been working on this week? This is the, the classic non-cringy intro, but it's so non-cringy that it gets cringy at this point. <laughs> it's only cringy because you make it cringy, Gal. I have been working a lot on a new blueprint for Authority Hacker Pro around uh, hiring and building a content team, but like not just hiring a, a bunch of writers and throwing on them a bunch of keywords, but like really finding genuine topic experts and creating like a structured process to identify that and run all the different tests and screenings and application forms in a, a, a pretty hands-off way. So it's basically the, the process we use to hire people in our sites and for Authority Hacker as well. So if you want to hire good people, then it's probably something you want to check out. Of course, if you're an Authority Hacker Pro member, then you get it for free. We should be releasing it in a couple of weeks. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's cool is like, I like that you actually like, we're actually hiring a, a writer for one of our sites actually like through a blueprint. So it's like uh, real life stuff. And you're telling me you have a uh, really good applicants. Can't really tell which side it is. It's going to be a site that's going to be exclusive to H4, but yeah, it's, it's, it's quite cool. Okay, yeah, for me, I've been actually working on the same stuff that I mentioned last week, which is this editorial blueprint. I'm quite excited though. It's like, it, I've automated that process to a really cool degree. It's kind of funny because we work on these processes, but like we end up spending like a few weeks on these, you know, like kind of like trying to document the process that we've been running. But then as we do that, we actually find ways that are better than what we're actually doing most of the time. And that's exactly what's happening now. It's like, now I'm like, I'm like, oh, what if we change this? Or like, oh, this never works. Like, what if we change it this way? I'm like, holy shit. Like the, the first thing I need to do when, when I'm done recording the blueprint is actually like, fix and update a few parts of our editorial process, which is like we run these things, but like because we dedicate time to them, essentially it gives us time to figure out better ways of doing these things just because we focus so much attention on it. Like in this case, I'm on this for like three weeks now thinking about it. And yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm actually excited for our sites. It's kind of <laughs> like, like one of the big benefits of having to teach a topic is it really forces you to internalize. And because you know so many people are going to consume it and scrutinize it as well, you have you really force yourself to like give the best version of it possible. And we go back through so many like battles internally about, oh, should we structure it this way or should we do this? And we're constantly like second guessing ourselves in this. And this is one of those cases where it turns out that, oh, actually, here's an even better way of doing it than we, we currently do it. We actually call every day. We call our team every single day to debate these things at 9 a.m. 8 a.m. in your case, actually, in Scotland. But yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. It's like the first part was like a content templates and stuff, which was like, I knew all this stuff very well. Like I know it, I've done it for years, but like this part I'm doing now, I'm quite excited actually. Today we're talking about link exchanges, enough about like our week, our life, etc. Oh, I wanted to say, by the way, if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe. If you're not subscribed yet, and if you are subscribed and you haven't dropped a review, consider dropping a review. Helps us reach people more and just distribute the podcast a bit further, basically. Is there something on certain podcast apps where you can go and like like it or thumb up, so add it as a favorite, something like that, that like sends some signal? Is that a thing? No? I've heard on other podcast people asking to do that, so... 
I'll investigate. But like when I check like Google Podcasts, which is what I use, there's none of that basically. And since podcast is RSS based, you're sending um, you're sending very little signals to these apps, and they're, they're usually very basic. I mean, even search on iTunes is is just horrific. So yeah, it's usually pretty simple podcast. Anyway, link exchanges, people came here for that, right? I think you made a poll about that. I, I put a poll up, and there were three options. I said the poll was link exchanges are, and then option A was totally safe. Option B was dangerous, and you shouldn't do it. Option C was okay sometimes in moderation. Every single person except one said that okay sometimes in moderation was the the answer for that. So I think it was like something like 30, 40 people responded. So pretty overwhelming kind of view that link exchanges are okay sometimes in moderation from that that cohort of, of people, Authority Hacker Pro members, who generally um you know have sites and are doing pretty well yeah they're usually like fairly successful basically they're already running sites like uh, most people who are like very active on the community they're running like at least five figure month sites basically yeah and uh this kind of led us into a kind of debate i guess about whether you know we should be doing link exchanges ourselves because we've come from a very kind of like polarized position historically where we're saying oh you know we don't do link exchanges under any circumstances it's bad google doesn't like it there's an element of that which is true but i think maybe like 3 or 4 months ago we did a podcast about the google's uh, rules yeah like yeah it wasn't not webmaster's guidelines yeah google link schemes guidelines uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, both to that episode and to the actual guidelines. Long story short, Google actually gives you five examples of the types of links which it considers a link scheme and doesn't like, basically. And one of those is around link exchanges. But it was really peculiar, the wording in which it was kind of positioned. And I'll read it to you now. What do you say exactly? Yeah. Uh, it says, excessive link exchanges... And then in brackets, link to me and I'll link to you, close brackets, or partner pages exclusively for the sake of cross-linking. If we dissect that for a little bit, the partner around partner pages exclusively for the sake of cross-linking, okay, you know, I can understand that. I can understand where they're coming from with that. But it was the first part that really got me. They've written it explicitly as excessive link exchanges. They've made a choice there. They've voluntarily chosen to put the word excessive in there. They could have just said link exchanges, but they put excessive link exchanges. So that kind of like really got us thinking, I guess, over the last few months, like, what do they mean by that? And first of all, everything we say in this podcast, we're just kind of guessing, although I'd like to think it's kind of more of an educated guess rather than just a random choice. We try to use the stuff we have around us to like decide on things but obviously a lot of things can be debated and uh you can debate them yeah so we're kind of thinking like why would they put the word excessive here and when they could have just said regular link exchanges what it implies at least my interpretation of that is that it's implying that doing it to an extent or not to an excessive level is okay that being the case then that kind of like changes the dynamic of how we should be doing link exchange or how we should be talking about link exchanges at least now it's also worth pointing out that they've deliberately like been very vague with that i mean who's to say what excessive is is excessive 
five? Is it excessive five million? Probably somewhere in between, but we, we don't know. And the real issue as well is that not only do we not know, but we're never actually probably going to know if we've triggered that excessiveness yeah. level, if you've bro- broken past it. And any penalty you get for it is they're not likely to explicitly say because X in this situation. So it's kind of like Google being judge, jury, and executioner doing all those three things in secret without really telling you what's going on. It can make it a little bit difficult to understand what you should be doing with link exchanges, how often, where you should be doing them, you know, all those kinds of things. So that's kind of what we, I guess, wanted to, to, to talk about in the, the podcast today. And we have come from a position where we've, as I said before, traditionally been quite polarizing in the sense that, oh, you should never do link exchanges ever. They're bad. Google doesn't like them. I think it was stupid retrospectively to be so hardcore on this. Yeah, I mean, well, st- stupid's uh, one word to describe it. I, I mean, <laughs> it's certainly what it is. It's erring on the side of caution, for sure. I just want to say that everything we're talking about in this this podcast is, first of all, is our opinion. It's not necessarily fact because we ultimately don't know what Google's doing. But also, part of the reason, I think, we, when we sort of said, oh, you don't do link exchanges... It was often in the context of talking to beginners. And there used to be like, link exchange used to be a big thing back in the day. It was like a primary link building strategy where people would outreach saying, hey, if you link to me, I'll link to you. And loads of people did it and it was kind of a thing. That seems to have died away a little bit, or at least in, in our sites, we don't get very many people proposing oh, a lot that. Of people have abandoned it, yeah. It's funny because actually I just wanted to say the, the wording from Google both for guest posting and links exchanges is basically the same, right? So excessive guest posting is definitely a thing. And Google has mentioned that many times. If you just farm guest posting, you and and in the head of SEOs, like there's no question that doing guest posting is a good thing and will help their 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 rankings, right? Whereas with the exact same wording for link exchanges, you see most SEOs go completely freak out every time someone mentions a link exchange and you're like, this is exactly, they use the exact same words to describe the, the, the practice. So if you're okay with one, why are you not okay with the other? And I feel like there's a huge difference in perception with the exact same level of communication on both tactics, basically. Absolutely agree. I think you have to be very careful. And I'm, I'm really trying to choose my words carefully here because if you're a beginner listening to this episode and you think, oh, okay, Mark and Gill said link exchange are cool, let's go nuts. <laughs> Yeah. You might actually end up running into difficulty. There's a really like a lot of nuance in understanding what they mean by excessive and where to draw the line and all that kind of stuff. So please, if you're not really sure about some of these things and you haven't been doing much link building, you're fairly new to IM, I would tend to just stay away from actively pursuing link exchanges, at least in the early days, till you build up a bit more experience and, and reference experience about what a good link is and what a bad link is. A lot of that stuff, it's not often just so easy as defining it by, oh, what's the DR of the site? You have to really look at the site and understand whether this is a good site. And, and metrics don't always tell you that, although they, they do tend to correlate with with that. Yeah. You know, having this discussion it reminds me of like a, an old quote unquote wicked fire tactic, which is like super old school. This is gray hat. So, you know, putting big warnings here, don't, don't, don't do it. It's just something that I, reminds, I remember from the forum days where people would actually do these pages for uh, link exchanges, right? They would build this like quote unquote resource page 
I would just outreach, be like, hey, do you want to be on my page? And then you link to me or something. So they would do that. And then they would, um, they would with MetaRobots, they would like index nofollow MetaRobots. <laughs> and like all the links would count as nofollow. And you wouldn't, like, unless you check the MetaRobots, you wouldn't tell. Because if you check the HTML of the actual link, it would just show it normally. And they would just get, essentially, like, they would send a nofollow link for a dofollow link. And then they would just mass scale outreach and do that. And that reminds me of that, actually. I guess that's, that's the kind of stuff that Google mentions in there without naming it exactly. Was, there was a bit of that, that level of tactics. Yeah, I, I remember reading something about someone who has actually created some automated system to everyone that they wanted to link out to. They like made a, it automatically made a page, but like made a page yeah, and then and all that it. stuff. And then they say, hey, I made this page about you. I linked to you, will you link to me? And then it didn't count, but they end up like, you know, taking it down even if they did link to them. So but like still no one really followed up and checked. So anyway, like there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. That's probably what Google is like trying to warn you against, basically. I think like if you're just naturally linking to people by like building relationships, et cetera, like you can't do mass volume provided you're actually talking to people. I mean, you can do decent volume, but it's like you're not going to acquire like 500 links a week doing that. And so it's like, I think it's, safe to do it that way basically i think it, there's there's definitely some parallels to what happened in or like, i think it was around like 2012 with with guest posting as well when like i, I remember writing a blog post about this for our previous company when matt cuts came out and said if you're doing any kind of large-scale guest posting you should probably stop or words to that effect a lot of people were like oh guest postings you can't do it anymore and matt cuts said so the viewer it, viewed it in a very much absolute, but he, he said that on Twitter, by the way, which was at the time limited to a hundred and something, 60 characters or something. So that's probably why it was so short. It definitely was not the death of guest posting as many, many people predicted. They, they did start going after a lot of these guest posting farms. Let's, let's call it that way. Let, let's be honest. A lot of what people were said was guest posting in 2012 was not really guest posting. Oh, it's still valid today. So like many link sellers that sell guest posting, they actually sell you shitty PBN links. But yeah. Uh, they just, it says guest post on the, uh, on the, on the article. So it's a guest post apparently. Yeah. So yeah. How do we move on from that? <laughs> I forgot where we're going with that. But yeah, the parallel from, uh, from guest posting to being like not okay or perhaps being not okay from something Google said to the same thing with, with link exchanges. The point we were trying to make is there's a lot of like kind of shady stuff going on several years ago. There still is to, to an extent, but I, I think Google came out with these, a lot of these, the wording of these recommendations of what to do and what not to do based on practices which were becoming more prevalent at the time. Yeah, it was just trendy basically. So it was trendy, people tried to scale it. As people try to scale, people start abusing it, race to the bottom, as people know if they've been in SEO for a while. And as that's happening, they're like, well, if you keep doing this stuff, you're going to get in trouble. But it doesn't. But the original practice was completely fine. And it's pretty much happening for every single tactic out there. When it gets trendy, like it was the same for infographics for a while, uh, press releases, <laughs> directories a long, long time ago, uh, social bookmarking. After that, there was guest posting. And every single time we would come out and be like, hey, if you try to just, if you essentially continue your race to the bottom with that tactic, I, I, like this is just, these are not good links. They're just, we know you're just doing spamming, you're spamming the internet for, to get links. And then these kind of stuff, we're going to look at it closer if everyone just starts, keeps focusing on it, basically. The thing specifically with link exchanges, which makes it uh, even more interesting is that 
it happens naturally all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and this was something I actually reached out to a couple of experts on this and they got back to me, both of them. So Eric from dofollow.io, first of all, he said that there's a big irrational stigma around link exchanges, but he also went on to say that it's something which you, you do naturally, it happens naturally. And the way to think about it is like, would you link out to this resource? Would you link out to this, this, this website? in your normal kind of content creation side of things. Kind of look at it from, from that perspective. Dan, Daniel Cuttridge, from, who runs the OnPage Academy F Facebook group as well, said basically the same thing. Like uh, sites which are not built by SEO people, so they're not even thinking about doing this stuff. Like the best, best sites, they are all linking out to other sites in their industry, to valuable resources who have good content. It's just you pick up links naturally and they link to you, your content naturally. If you're in an industry, it happens all the time. Go look through, if you have an established site, go look through your AHRFs um, and look at all the sites in your industry that are linking to you. The vast majority of them are doing it just because you said something in some of your content which was cool and worthwhile and valuable to, to link to, not because they're trying to set up a link exchange. So because of this, it's very challenging, I think, you track what what is going on, like who's deliberately link exchanging here and who's not. I guess one way is if you have these kind of like link exchange pages, uh, which Google mentions in the rules that, what was it called again? I forgot that page. Webmaster Link Scheme. Yeah, Link Scheme Guidelines. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But, and yeah, on the link schemes guidelines, they, that's one of the things they mentioned explicitly that the partner page is exclusively for the sake of, of cross-linking being a, a, a no-no. Uh, so, so that is something that can be, I guess, mapped or tracked or kind of a pattern could be, could be seen. So you know, maybe that's something to, to, to sort of consider. But just the, the link exchanges in, in the context of an article, the, the ones that happen naturally where you're not actively trying to do it, it's almost impossible, I would think, to for for even Google to to identify what's. How do they know if it's happening because like you like each other, or is it happening because you've like made an agreement? I think it's Google puts a lot of care into intent. Basically, they don't care if you link to each other. They care if you link to each other to help each other rank higher on Google. But what they they don't mind like if you link to each other because like you're speaking at an event and that event is linking to your site and you're linking to that site. Google's more than happy for this to happen. Uh, if you've chosen to attend that event and speak there, you've essentially editorially reviewed it and accepted that it was good quality. So you are linking to it, especially if you're promoting it on your site. And that event has reviewed you because they've asked you to speak there, for example. And so like these are editorially approved links and Google is completely fine with this happening. What they don't want is like, hey, buddy, we both want to rank on Google. What if I link to you and you link to it? Basically, that's what they would not want in an ideal world. Now, is it not going to happen? Probably not. Can, and the thing is, how can they track the difference between that guy talking at the event and the people that talk to each other? Unless they like start reading your emails, et cetera, which I don't believe they do. I think the PR, the negative PR that would go to Google for doing this to catch people buying links to change the 0.1% of SERPs it would not, but some people believe that, you know. I know, and like there, there are many people in the the gray hat community who you know refuse to use Google Suite and and all these things, and you know that's turn their plane in airplane mode when they go to train my SEO. You know, that's that's wow. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I've seen that. No, I've seen that. Okay, well, 
that's maybe a bit extreme, but th- that it's unlike even if that was the case that and you know everyone who's on hotmail or you know some other service not not owned or understood by by google there's like this is crazy this is like really like far above and like far past what we what we should be talking about here we're really getting into weird weird territory to get back to i think uh the the the, the podcast really let's maybe talk about how to actually implement some of this stuff yeah okay what context and what situations should you before we do that though i'm gonna give a webinar shout out like we have been doing this for the past few episodes and it has helped some people so we're gonna keep doing them uh, we have a free webinar on the homepage of atoryhacker.com so just go on atoryhacker.com it's like a one and a half hour training where i walk you through all the steps to start a brand new authority site niche selection tech stack you know how to find writers how to get like your branding done properly this kind of stuff link building is in there as well yeah, there's link building. There's a bunch of link building stuff as well in there. So you know, if you listen to this podcast, it might be useful. There is a sales pitch at the end. I am not hiding it. So if you join that webinar, we will be promoting one of our courses to you, uh, the Authority Size System. But regardless of whether you buy or not, the training has been rated as really good by a lot of people. Yeah, if you want to check that out, you can go check it out. It might help you with starting your own Authority Site. So now let's switch back to how to implement link link exchanges. How do you do it? Okay, so first of all, there's the kind of proactive versus reactive scale. So if you're kind of a little bit uncomfortable about how and when to do this, you you can maybe just think of like doing it in a reactive context. So if you run a website, you are going to get people emailing you, asking you for links, asking you for guest posts, skyscraper type links, all sorts of stuff, broken links all the time. If If you're not, they're probably all in your spam folder. But go just like have a look at some of these. And while there are definitely some pretty shitty sites trying to contact you, asking you for a link, there's probably going to be some good ones out there. And many of those you would realistically link to normally in, uh, in the context of, of referencing something they said or, or whatever. Um, the, the point is that they're good size. So just have a look through those and then get back to them saying, sure, I'll let you guest post on my site. But um, how about you uh, link to my article about this? I saw you wrote an article about this other thing, which references this thing, which is in my article. Okay, maybe some people are going to be like, no, we don't do link exchanges, but maybe you can just point them to this podcast and they'll be like, okay, and it's cool to do it now. No, I'm kidding. The whole tactic behind <laughs> this topic, right, is just yeah. to send people to the podcast. No, <laughs> that's, I would not suggest doing that. I would, but if you. That's a good idea, though. What is? To literally make this kind of podcast and be like, put it in your outreach email so we get more listeners. Oh, yeah, there you go. So if you're, if you're joining us from having received email links, no, that is like the basic, the easiest way, you could probably go through your inbox and find a bunch of opportunities to just do that um, like right now as you're listening to the rest of the show. So that's one thing. A more proactive way of doing this would be to kind of do it in the context of your existing outreach, which you're hopefully already doing. So that could be like if you're doing some kind of skyscraper or some kind of guest posting outreach, and then people come back to you and say, no, or give me some money, or um, you know something else kind of negative or hesitant or anything that's not a yes, then you can u- use this as a way to offer them some value. So it essentially becomes a negotiation tactic. So if they say, no, I'm not going to link to you, or 
give me some money. You say, well, how about I link to you as well? Make it a win-win. And of course, you know, you, you need to do a level of screening for, for this in order to understand whether you should actually be linking to these people or not. Because if you've outreached to some terrible site, uh, then, you know, it's, it's probably not something you want to be doing, um, offer, offering them a link exchange. Um, I asked someone else about this. I forgot who it was like quite a while back. And they were basically like, look, it's very, very unlikely you're going to get caught with something like this. What do bad if one or two bad slides slip through when you're doing this, not really a big deal. But if you make this like a huge part of your link building and you know, you're, you're doing it kind of in a too much of a prevalent way, then it could, could attract issues. And I think that the fact that what 99% of the people or 98% of the people in the uh, authority hacker pro Facebook poll said that it's okay in moderation, probably. I think a lot of people do it as well. Like they actually, like they actually do that as part of that. They don't just talk about it. They do it. So in my case, there's really like two types of sites where I'd be probably actively going for it. Oh, by the way, before, before I go for that, actually, I wanted to say another thing that can work pretty well is if you're doing other kinds of marketing with people, let's say you, they're affiliates. So you are signing up to be, uh, or, you know, they are your affiliates or whatever relationship you may have when that happens, like proposing a link exchange when there's, there's no active blog, for example. So you can do a guest post when they, you can do, it's kind of like a good backup offer as well. So like you do it when they say no, but you do it when they say yes as well, basically. It's kind of like, it goes in, the, in that logic of like link funneling, which like we talk about, like basically building your outreach campaigns like funnels. So whenever you have basically an interaction with someone that's more than two emails and they're in your niche, et cetera, then you should absolutely offer that. Provided, I, I would pick a guest post over that, but if there's no opportunity, like some companies don't have active blogs, they don't have the process, they don't have any of that, then... Uh, it's, it's a decent opportunity to pick it up and really it's quite genuine provided you've worked together on other things like if you worked on a giveaway together or whatever there's there's a lot of cases where you talk to a lot of companies in your industry and just offering that as a backup or instead of just saying uh, see you later and never talking to them again you might you might pick up a link from that uh, but in my case there's two kinds of sites that i would really really consider link exchanges with uh, the first one is if the site is extremely relevant to what i do and I like the content. And it's like, here's a story, actually. It wasn't a link exchange, but it was kind of similar. It's like, I like betting on sites that are growing fast as well, not just sites that are high yield right away. So you probably know that other podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. I think they're like number one business podcast, or they were like a year or two ago. Really big podcast. Uh, I think they, like, you know, they get, in three days, they probably get the downloads we get in a year or something. And uh, I actually found them on like episode three or four, right? right like at the beginning. And at the time we had an agency, I was basically doing some links. I was doing link building like all by myself at that time <laughs> for one of our, our customers. And I was like, well, these guys, they literally have no, it was not even DR at the time. Nobody used that. They have, um, we used uh, Mosrank or something like they have no Mosrank, but like I can see these guys grinding and they're going to be big one day. And uh, let me actually check how big they are. But basically, I managed to get links from, from that site when they literally had nothing. Like I remember now he makes millions, but at the time he was doing giveaways of $50 to his listeners for dropping a review or something. That that's, how, that's how bad it was. I mean, not bad, but beginning basically. And that worked pretty well. So it's not about like how big the DR is, but rather how the potential the site has as well, because when you get a link, essentially it grows with the site that it's hosted on. 
And I think uh, it's something to consider, especially if the site is relevant. Yeah, they are 76 now, so they they are about the same as Authority Hacker, but they don't try nearly as hard to build links, et cetera. So yeah, like first case is sites that are extremely niche relevant, regardless of their DR. If they're high DR, great. If they're not high DR, but I know they will grow, I know they're putting the effort, then eventually that like DR20 link is going to be a DR70 link in two years, and then you'll be very happy you got it at the time when it was easy. So invest in these sites. Uh, the other case is like, well, I just dropped the guard in terms of quality is when the site is just like much bigger than us and somewhat niche relevant. So like this, like, an example on Tori Hacker would be like any business site that's like DR80 plus, uh, 80 or 85 plus, then, then even if they're not like online marketing or affiliate marketing or that kind of stuff, then just because they're like relevant to like the, the parent category essentially, and they have that super high level of authority, then I would consider doing it. I think, for example, like, should I add that? Maybe. Like, I think the guys from Founder com literally offered that to me in email the other day. And uh, and they're one of these sites where it's like, I think it's close enough. And at the same time, at the same time, like they're pretty high DR as well. Let me check actually. They are 76. Uh, uh, close enough, but like, because they have a lot of online marketing content as well, I would consider it, for example. So that's the kind of sites where I would like go for it. But like in that aspect of like not overdoing it, then I would probably not extend past that. That's kind of like, I draw my line in the sand and I'm like, which side of the line do you fall in? <laughs> and then if you fall on the right side, then I'll go for it. If you don't, then I'll just ignore it. And then I'll accept that I won't take every single link opportunity. And I guess that's what moderation looks like. There's a, another way you can think about it. It's like, if you ask yourself, would you link to the site naturally? And if you can definitely answer, oh yeah, of course, then it's a, it's a no brainer that you can and maybe should do a link exchange with them. But like, let, let me take an example, right? Let me take a practical example. The HubSpot blog. It's like they have some good articles, but for the most case, I think it's pretty bad. I'm going to make enemies. Okay, fine, sure. I think overall it's, it's pretty basic, right? But they are the, uh, I'm actually opening it right now. They are the uh, 92. If HubSpot comes over and like, I think we've linked to a few, because um, Matthew Barbina is like, a, like, he's a really good SEO guy. And he's a director of acquisition hotspot. So he's written a few really good blog posts, which we've linked to. But most blog posts I would probably not link to. If they come over and they're like, let's do a link exchange. What do you say? Well, I mean, we've already linked to them multiple times from Authority Hacker naturally. So I get it. Like that's one of those very clear cut cases to me. So do you, you don't have to agree with everything they have on their site. You just have to agree with some of it. Or do you have to like agree in general with their site? No, it's, it's a scale really. If there's a site where you were just like, oh, everything this person says is gold, absolutely amazing, then that's a no-brainer. But if then it's, well, you know, this kind of section of the site's kind of shit, but then these articles are amazing. Check them out. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to, it's, the whole site doesn't have to be good. So you don't have to agree on everything. Basically, that's what if you're saying. in our case, we're naturally linking to some of their articles because they're good then that uh-huh. says, even if it's just those few articles, that's, that's the only good part of the site. I'm not saying it is, by the way. So but, you would do it in this case? Yeah, I would. Now, let me ask you the question. If HubSpot is now the R60, to give you context, I think, how much we are, like 70? 74, 75. Yeah, it's kind of bouncing around. 74, 75. So if HubSpot just drops to the R60, mm-hmm. and the same thing comes up, do you have the same answer? Yeah, I do, yeah. But this is, this is one of these questions like, 
it's like one of these like schoolyard questions like yeah. like where your where your line is like yeah what do you go like if they're dl25 would you do would you eat food for 100 100 dollars no would you do it for 100 million yes yeah, yeah how yeah, much yeah. you know find the exact number the lowest you would go it's it's really hard to say what that is you know but that's why people love listening to this podcast because they love that kind of like stupid games but yeah it's like so if they're dr 25 do you still do it do it or not <laughs> i mean yeah if the content if the content is very good then it's a it was probably not something i'd actively pursue and like oh i really want to do a link exchange with them but if they came to me and I'm like oh yeah okay maybe i would do that yeah expect a lot of dr 25 outreach for link exchange now for Atari yeah, Hacker. their site's really really good or they have something like amazing on their art and the uh, an article then it's valid i say where i think is a di like a different kind of angle to take to this in terms of finding that imaginary line is if you get into a position where you start saying to yourself instead of would i link to this naturally you're phrasing that in your own internal mental conversation as can i figure a way to justify linking to this site if that's the kind of level of conversation you're having with yourself about trying then that's probably an in indicator that you're maybe starting to cross the line there because it's actually not something you that you enthusiastically want to link to but maybe because they have a high D, higher dr than you or for some other reason you're trying to you need to meet some quota for a client or something you're you're kind of doing it when when perhaps you shouldn't you know the, what you just say it's like i just uh, I, I just rewatched a dark knight the Batman movie. <laughs> it's like that. It reminded me of that quote where it's like, oh, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that's essentially what's happening with like these kind of link tactics, <laughs> where you're essentially like, it's easy to slip that slope, you know, and just like interiorate your standards like bit by bit. And then eventually you just become like. Honestly, this is like, this is the point that I want everyone who's listening to this to take away. And this is part of the reason why we're so kind of anti gray hat link building tactics normally, because we, we have personal experience of, of this. We've seen it before our eyes happen to us and to happen to people around us. We used to have a guest posting agency back in like 2012, 13. Uh, we did really like a lot of guest posts and we did over a thousand one month. I think it was our record. It was ludicrous. but Whereas we start, you start off with good intentions and because they're where, you know, oh, let's do outreach and do real guest posts and you start sell, position yourself as we actually do outreach and we actually do it naturally and it's all white hat and et cetera, et cetera. And it starts off that way, right? But the longer you do it, the easier it becomes to cut corners. And because there's no direct negative feedback most yeah. of the time, it all comes at once, basically. It's just like you say, "Oh well, I, you know, last month I, I, I did these link exchanges, I did these guest posts, and nothing bad happened. Maybe I can do this one as well." And it, you just take these further steps, and it becomes like the thin end of a very large wedge. And before you know it, you're like just paying for all your guest posts, and you have a farm of hundreds of sites, and you're just or you work with one at least and they're you're just like placing guest posts on there for for all your clients and just goes to shit which is what happened to us and to be quite frank it happens to a lot of link building agencies yes <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like i mean i'm looking from far away now and everyone's like oh why don't you do a service why don't you do a service and i'm like looking at all these things happening i'm like that's why like you can't really like go to people and be like i disagree with like most things you're doing but we've been there we've seen where it leads and it's it's not always the best ending i mean you might put some cash in the bank but I like building like longer lasting things. It's also why we kind of tried to put a warning at the start of this and explaining, especially to newbies, that there's so much nuance in this and there's all so much like internal discipline and awareness that you need to have to, to consistently for the long term execute these kind of strategies which are not super duper safe and you know potentially risky if executed the wrong way in the wrong context for too long consistently. Because it's just it's so easy to fall into that trap of it talking about that line there's one thing that's called three-way link exchange where essentially you have two sites right and then uh, you go to a site and you're like well link to my main site and i'll link to you from this other site of mine and you know they should probably be in the same niche or something but essentially this way there's no quote-unquote link exchange in the eyes of google because it's like a third site links to the site that links to you which uh looks cleaner right but <laughs> doesn't that defeat the purpose and if you have these kind of sites just for that i mean i guess there's two cases right there's the case where you just have two sites in one industry and they just happen to be there because well you've done really well in that industry you wanted to expand bring for the same keywords that kind of which i think is completely fine and then like i guess for you it's just like managing a portfolio of sites so giving a link from one site or the other not a big deal but if you end up essentially having a pbn that's just here to link to people so that they can link to you is that like, in my opinion, that's crossing the line. But a lot of people like drunk in Chiang Mai would get really mad when I tell them that. And I think that it's like three-way link exchange is almost already crossing the line immediately as soon as you start doing it. But what do you think? So, I mean, there, there are several different lines we're talking about here. The most important one is what's going to happen to you from, from Google? Are you going to suffer? And certainly doing three-way link exchanges, your chance of suffering is, is lower. I would say, probably quite a bit lower. The, the chance of, figure, of of Google figuring something like that, I would say, I don't know, but I would say it's pretty, pretty damn low. I yeah, think. it's so difficult. Like, I mean, I, unless you have like both sites in the same webmaster's tool, and it's the same links pattern every single time. Like probably should keep these sites separate enough, I would say in this case. But if they are separate enough, I think it's pretty safe actually. So there's there's that kind of line we're talking about. But then there's the kind of, that's not the only thing that's relevant here because there's a strong correlation between the type of people who figure out how to do that, implement that, scale that a lot, and like all the other stuff they end up doing as well. So because it's like, oh, hey, I, I did this. I, I outsmarted Google. I got away with it. Look, I'm so great. And, you know, that may be genuinely true. But, you know, the next thing you do might not necessarily or you know there might be some change and they they figure it out and it all falls apart so you get to the stage where there's like from a practical sense there's like are you able to evade google yes or no this is like kind of one thing but the other other part is that ends up becoming like all you start all you are trying to do with link building and you can often miss the forest for the trees which is like the the sort of airy fairy, just build good content and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. But which, which, you know, I hate it when. So here's my question: You're running a website right now. You have two sites in that niche. Do you do it or not? No, I wouldn't do it. Okay, I think it's it's like the chance of getting caught is lower. 
But once you cross that line, there's no coming back. Basically, it's like you will do it for other stuff. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, if we do three-way link exchange, you know what? Like, this is gonna be this other thing is gonna be fine, etc. And you know it's happening. So that's 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 certainly the case if it's just you in the business. But as soon as you start adding other people, particularly kind of like junior employees who don't have the same level of experience as you, they're just saying, okay, what are the rules I'm working with here? Is the rule, okay, link exchanges are okay? Yes or no? If they're okay, then I'm just going to like use that as a thing to make sure I can hit my quotas or, you know, do my job, make my job easier. Because your employees will find the path of least resistance to getting the links if that's what their KPIs or the goals for that period of time are and the gray hat ways are very often the path of least resistance you can have great results with it many people make far more money than we do doing this kind of stuff and hats off to them it feels like speak like of the dark side of the force in star wars you know, you know? <laughs> it's kind, kind of, of it's, hilarious <laughs> it's kind of hilarious it's the, it's, the, it's the path of easy and the easiness and it's like let your anger take you over and just do all this stuff etc you know exactly exactly <laughs> the, you know <laughs> <laughs> but anyway enough movie references so yeah i think three-way i wouldn't touch it but i also think it's safer it's kind of a weird answer but at least we're trying to be honest here i think technically it's much harder to detect but i think once you cross that line you will cross other lines and that can be issues and to be frank we don't struggle building links so we don't really have to do it like because of that we don't we're like eh, not worth it if we were really struggling maybe our answer would be you know but link building just hasn't been an issue in the past like three, four years for us. So that's probably why. Okay, I think we're getting to the end of this podcast. Do you want to add anything on link exchanges in general? There's one other kind of like tactic you can you can do with this. And this is kind of like a, let's call it semi-natural approach. If you have a large, especially a large content site, you're probably linking out to a lot of sites already. So make a list of those sites that you're already linking out to and you've you have legitimately done so naturally. And then outreach to them and say, hey, I, I linked to you because you had a great resource on this. Or even better, you know, last year I linked to you because you did a great article on this. I featured it in this article. How about you link to this article or words to that effect? But going for a link exchange, but in a kind of more semi-natural way. It's kind of like you've already done the part where you link to them and then you just uh, it's actually one of the promo tactics that's coming out in the content promotion blueprint in HPro. It's so simple, but like you won't always get a link, but like you get at least like social promotion, that kind of stuff. And it opens a relationship. Like that's the, the kind of people that you put in a database and you just dig it out like six months later and like, hey, do you want to take a guest post from me? I link to you, remember? We talked last time. And and then eventually you get your link. Yeah, I think that's an easy one. It's many things that it's something that we had ignored for a while, but like it's very easy to do actually. So I think that's about it for this podcast on link exchanges. Guys, if you want to react to this, you can actually tweet at us on Otori Hacker at Otori Hacker. Pretty basic. And you can follow us for your updates. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe there as well and rate it if you enjoy it. And well, that's about it. So we'll see you next week for another episode. Bye.